What's up, everybody? Welcome to The State of Wild, episode 61, a regular YouTube video web series podcast thingy. My name is Meowth, and as usual, I'm joined by my two good friends and co-hosts, Raffle and Corbett. And this week, we're joined by a super awesome person. We are joined by the Hearthstone podcast aficionado, or podcast master, or whatever title you want to go by. We're joined by Ridiculous Hat. Uh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing uh, all right. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, I don't really want to go by podcast master. That sounds kind of arrogant. I mean, but I, it's true, though, right? Well, I mean, Hat, it is your job generally to come up with the nicknames uh, when it comes to the VS pod. So we're just a little, mm, you know. That's true. Yeah. Inexperienced. Yeah. It's okay. We'll workshop that one. <laughs> I'm doing all right. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, excited for some of it. And, um, you know, interested to hear your takes on uh, some other things. And I'm excited to get an outsider's perspective on the uh, the topic of Wild as well as some other um, upcoming things uh, within Hearthstone more generally. So happy to have Hat on and uh, looking forward to a great conversation. Yeah, there's been, a, been stuff that I've really loved this week and stuff that I haven't. Uh, it's been a bit mixed, but um, I've really, really liked the BG stuff in particular. And, you know, I'm sure we'll dive into a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't as uh, as fun. <laughs> That's what I can lend to this episode here. I'm happy to share my insights in the Twitter meta as a long-time tweeter. Yeah. I mean, it's. It, I think it's going to be super helpful just getting kind of outside perspective of everything that happened this week, which is, you know, I think that's the big thing because I feel like, especially, you know, us who spend a lot of time on Twitter and in Reddit and, and streams that we experience Twitch chat, we kind of have a very, I don't, I don't want to say biased, but we hear the same thoughts, right? We're kind of in an echo chamber when it comes to that. And so specifically for the wild community. So it'll be really interesting to see some outside thoughts about kind of not only the format, but also kind of all the discourse that happens about the format. But we'll, we'll dive into all of that. Um, before we get into kind of the brunt of the episode, I mean, Hat, a lot of people that are listening might not know who you are, right? Because like you said, you're not a wild expert. Um, so do you want to tell the people who uh, who is Hat? Gosh, that's a big question. Okay, so I tweet a lot and I play a lot of Hearthstone and I also stay in tune with things that are happening both inside and outside the client a lot. I don't know. It's I, I've been a part of the Hearthstone content discourse ecosystem for six, seven years now, a long time. Um, but I don't do the, the Twitch thing. Um, I don't have the attention span or focus for that. And I and the day job is somewhat demanding. But I've always been interested in, in seeing how people experience the game and talking about it. In, and I've always been interested in having opinions and sharing them because that's what the world needs is more opinions on social media, I guess. Uh, so uh, I've been doing podcasts for a long, long time. Started with Coin Concede probably four or five years ago. I started my first episode on Coin Concede was an Angoro preview episode. So it's been a while. It's been, it's been some time. Um, and then... Uh, over the course of the past year, I've also uh, we started the Data Reaper podcast last year during uh, the the first COVID wave. Turns out, um, and then uh, and that's been a fun data driven look at the at the Hearthstone standard environment. And then uh, joined Angry Chicken, and I don't know. I, I tweet random garbage sometimes. I had a, a tweet poll today about how do you when you want to say LOL but emphasize it. Do you add extra L's or extra O's, or do you go LOLOL? And it's I the third one for me. Like it's it's definitely Same. the third one for me. Yeah. Same. That's the optimal way because yeah, yeah that's just more laughter. Otherwise, yeah. you're so, just drawing out the laughter. 
So the extra O's is actually leading the LOLOL right now by a few percentage points, and also the the extra L's, the LOL, long the long L, it only has ten percent of the vote. But it's also how my wife laughs and emphasizes her laughs. So I've told her that the poll is wrong. Um, and you know, distrusting the data, we're in wild podcast. We got to do that. So, uh, so I don't know. I've just been just been a guy that's been talking about this game for a while. I also play a bunch. Like it's, I have absolutely played wild before, but I'm not going to tell you it's my preferred format. That would be misleading. Um, I play a lot of standard. Uh, I finished top 100 last month for the first time ever. I'm very proud of myself. Um, but I've enjoyed. I've gotten the double 11 a few times. Um, I think. When I enjoyed Wild the most recently, it was when Reno Quest Dragon Mage was a thing, which I think was like, was that last yearish? I think it was last yearish. Uh, I'm trying to think it was the year before. Might have been. Yeah, I think it was like close no, to two it years ago. It was 11x. I remember getting 11x, and I remember that not being a thing before last April. So that had to be late Ashes, right? Because oh, Skullomance. Yeah. 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 I was thinking because when Skullomance uh, came Quest... out, this Darklair thing happened. Right, because Quest Mage was sort of the counter to Raza at the time, and so it was yeah. whenever, whenever Raza, right before Raza got reverted, was when yeah, when that deck was around, I think. So, that was that had to be Ash's era. Um, yeah, I was playing a lot of Hearthstone. Then, oh yeah, because I was furloughed from work because of COVID. It all makes sense. Yes, so that was the Ashes <laughs> meta. I really enjoyed it then. Um, then Skullomance happened, and there was some stuff with Raised Dead and. And flesh giant that um still hasn't really stopped happening turns out so uh we should talk about that and not about me but thanks so much for having me on and and yeah just uh i'm here to provide perspective on the the twitter meta and then also just wild in general from a perspective someone that dabbles with wild and talks to wild players but isn't really a part of the I'll call it the wild feels like the house party scene where I keep going in different Twitch chats and it's the same people and they just rotate who takes turns streaming. <laughs> I feel like the Tempo Storm guys just have shifts because there's always <laughs> there's always one Tempo Storm meta snapshot person streaming and everybody else is in their chat and then they just keep going. <laughs> and I also don't know when NHL NJ fan, I don't know when he sleeps or where he lives because I think he lives in Europe now, but yes. I message him at like, at 3 a.m. his time and 3 a.m. my time and he's awake both times i don't he, know when i'm pretty sleeps. sure he doesn't sleep because he's literally okay. always awake like we do thl stuff and i i see him screen sharing right now in discord he's streaming to somebody i'm watching him do it it's 6 a.m. his time what's happening <laughs> um all right we we do appreciate having you on and of course uh before we dive into all of this though again lots of news lots of stuff to talk about we do have to take care of some uh, some housekeeping stuff uh, so first things first, uh, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're catching the podcast, if you guys enjoy the content, make sure you guys, you know, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, uh, and share with your friends. It's a small thing, but it does support us a ton. You can also support us over on Patreon by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash the state of wild. And of course, when you become a patron, you get a whole bunch of sweet perks when you come join the state of wild discord server. Um, but hey, come join even if you're not a patron. It's still a great community, great place to talk about the game, uh, great place to be and talk about all of Wild Hearthstone. All right, so let's let's dive into it. First things first, uh, Tuesday was a pretty big, big day uh, in the Hearthstone week, okay? We had a bunch of things that happened. Uh, the first thing that's the most relevant to our format, um, yet still somehow didn't feel like news because we kind of called this coming like two weeks ago when Alec originally made this tweet that we were getting two nerfs to Warlock. Uh, for the past two weeks on the podcast, we've talked about how we expected Steeler Souls to go to five, and we expected another mana 
to, to Flesh Giant, and lo and behold, that's what happened. Those are the two nerfs to Warlock. Uh, Steeler Souls went to five. Doesn't matter for our six. format. To six. Six. Yeah, yeah. When it went up Matt in mana, it it's doesn't okay. matter, right? Because it's banned in our format. Um, so didn't really pay too much attention to it. I mean, I mean, not even knowing the mana, right? That shows you how much I didn't pay attention <laughs> to it. Um, uh, and the second big change uh, was Flesh Giant to ten. Uh, or as a lot of WoW players in Deerland will say, Flesh Giant was nerfed from zero mana to zero. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we saw these nerfs coming uh, a long way away. Uh, but, of course, people just didn't like these nerfs, right? Uh, people had their hopes up for, for God knows what reason. Uh, maybe we were hoping for a Demon Seed ban, something like that. Uh, maybe something more drastic like Grey's Dead. No, we, we, knew, we knew that this was coming. Hasn't really changed the wild meta. I think we're just as much Warlock. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but in the last week uh, of the month, uh, I played about 100, 150 games, and I was at 56, 60% Warlock uh, in the last week of the month. I don't know if you guys have checked your numbers recently, but I was still queuing into a uh, ton of Warlocks, uh, even post-nerf. Um, well, I was I was deep, deep in the dumpster, so my experience is very different than uh, yours and Corb's, I'm sure. Uh, but I was actually seeing it decline quite a bit um, at the end of the month, um, but then picked right back up again once uh, the... The new month started and people were trying that uh, beginning of season climb. So I'm still not at uh, 50%, um, but I'm hanging out at Diamond 5 for a while um, just because I, I don't want to go any higher and face even more Warlocks. So I've been seeing um, below 40% Warlocks, it looks like, but still, you know, depending on what type of deck I'm playing, it may be a few too many uh, even still. Yeah, I mean, the the numbers, like, on the VS Live app for Warlock as a class haven't really changed from where they were, where they're still around that, like, 30% for a diamond 10 and up. Now, it is the start of the month, and so you expect there to be probably more Warlock than eventually where the numbers should sit, because the players are basically high legend players mm -hmm. in that rank range right now. Um, but it hasn't, it hasn't really changed that much, right? Like, people have mostly just shifted a little bit more away from the Giants, playing more of the Fatigue list. Still so much Warlock, 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 Warlock. Um, I'm sick of talking about it, but, you know, <laughs> like, I'm sick of coming in here and going like, hey, guys, did you see 40% Warlock today or 35% Warlock today? It's been a lot. Yeah. I mean, when you have a weekly podcast episode, turns out you're going to talk a lot about Warlock when it's been as popular yes. as it's been for a very long time. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I want to ask, I mean, Corb and Hat, since you guys play much more standard than me and Raffle, it feels like, from what I've heard, these nerves are really good for standard, right? And standard seems like it's in a pretty good spot right now i don't know if you guys are feeling that as well but that's kind of the vibe that i've been getting um i was about to say from twitter but you know <laughs> it, it sounds like it's in a good place core why don't you go first you, okay sure um yeah so overall it seems like standards pretty much you know in a fine spot like my general impression and i have already like hit legend and standard right like because i'm not playing wild right now very much um <laughs> it does seem fine like it's what we expected right like warlock um it's a very very minor nerf to the hand warlock where it does probably flip a couple of the uh matchups slightly it doesn't gut the deck just makes the flesh giants a turn slower still very very good deck but probably opens up a little bit of space for counters uh stealer is basically dead but you that's just a deck that doesn't really exist anymore um and so yeah like once once Steeler's gone then we expected handlock and shaman to sort of get better which they have and they've gotten a lot more popular and 
because of that, May just started popping up more. Um, overall, you know, these are the small changes, and it's kind of playing out the way we seem to anticipate. Uh, I think Standard does have some issues still with how polarizing some decks are in particular. Uh, Ixar did kind of push back on that idea in his AMA recently, which was interesting, um, considering how Shaman in particular is able to dominate a lot of decks, and Mage is also very, very polarizing. But I think overall Standard's in a pretty decent place right now. Um, I mean, I've been liking it, I've been really enjoying it, and felt have felt good uh, in the little bit that I've dabbled in over the past couple of weeks. I feel like wild players that really liked wild about two years ago or so would really have a great time in current standard. Um, yeah. There's a lot of ways to kill your opponent from hand. The games are fairly quick. And so I, I personally enjoy the current standard. It is on the faster side. And I think one of the concerns for players that like games they can get more invested in right now that go to those turn 9, turn 10, turn 11 is that there's not really a place to do that. Uh, you can't really do that in standard, and you definitely can't do that in wild. Just the things move at a pretty brisk pace right now, and there's interactivity and decision-making and lots of variety. But if you want games to go past turn 10, that's not what the format's about right now. Uh, but in terms of every other checkbox there is, there's variety in archetypes you can play. There's variety in deck choices, both within classes and outside of classes. Uh, and the nerf... They had to do something to Flesh Giants because Steeler was one of the biggest counters to Handlock, so you can't just let Handlock get better. Um, and it was an easy nerf for them to make because it was clearly needed, obviously not enough to invalidate a deck or the card, which is not what they were trying to do. They were trying to make it slightly worse again, and they did. And you will notice it if you're playing the deck, but you can still cast Flesh Giants for not very much mana or no mana, just slightly later in Standard and probably not actually all that different in wilds i would guess yeah i, guess I love the point still, yeah yeah I, I love the point about the uh standard kind of being wild light where a, a lot of like what originally did get me into wild was when standard became very slow and like very grindy a lot of the time um and that's not the type of deck that i liked i like things like combo priest i like sort of a snappy combo like faster games in general um, and I think that's a great point, and I think a lot of wild players would definitely love standard right now because it does have that old. Uh, it, it doesn't feel like a grind out. You can, like you said, like do a lot of damage from hand, and there's a lot of playing cards, a lot of drawing cards, and things like that. And so it is just yeah. a different experience, and that's. I mean, that's part of why people hate it, and a lot of people seem to really, really love it. Yep. The uh, the opinions on the format are about as polarized the matchup seem to be, um, <laughs> and. I'd say the biggest criticism that I have of uh, of Standard right now that uh, my buddy Raren made a video about is that you can't really go off meta without dying to the popular stuff very, very quickly. If you want to go off meta, if you're a creative deck builder, if you want to play Elwyn Boars or whatever, uh, you're just going to die to Encanter Slow into Fireball, and there's not really a way to fix that because the on-the-rails meta stuff is so much better than any of the other stuff you're trying, and jank needs games to go longer to sometimes do the thing and that doesn't happen right now so if you're trying to go off meta if you're trying to play cards that are suboptimal or going for a longer game strategy that needs a bunch of pieces to come together you're just going to lose to something or get your hand glided away or or get garroted or get fireballed or die to wind fury flesh giants or you know stuff so at the same time i think that if you are a 10x level player, a player that really likes optimizing strategies and having a bunch of ways to outplay your opponent, one of the best standards ever. I mean, I will just say like, I mean, Rolf, feel free to chime in here, but I feel like that's exactly like what you were saying a couple weeks ago though, right? Where 
you are finding yourself struggling to find new and unique decks to pilot because a lot of these decks just kind of died, at least in Wild Questlock, right? Like, that's the limiting factor right now, and it sounds like Standard's kind of having very similar issues, maybe not to the extent that we are in Wild, where one deck is 40% of the metagame, but it does feel like right now <laughs> it's a fast meta in both Standard and Wild. The Again, we've talked a lot about, like, the acceptable game window <laughs> or mm-hmm. game length uh, that's available to you in in wild that's obviously very much condensed and it seems to be some of the same complaints that uh, a lot of standard players have had or at least uh, standard players of a you know certain preference like uh, like Kat said that it's you know there are people that certainly do enjoy the um uh the, the abbreviated game length or the types of decisions that you have to make in that uh, abbreviated window. And I think that there is some merit to that. I, I enjoy those decks from time to time too. What I don't like is the um, sort of being forced into that strict of a window uh, for my game length, because there are times that I want to um, do things that require me to get to uh, to turn tenor or later. And um, it's just like with the, the linear nature of some of the, the quest lines create, that's just becoming less and less possible. Right, because um, we talked last week about the uh, the persistent effects, but really, what it comes down to, I think, is uh, inevitability. And uh, just about all of the quest lines offer some form of inevitability um, on your opponent, so that's going to speed up games. Yep. All right. We'll we'll dive deeper into kind of the the state of wild uh, later later on in the episode, oh. but uh, you like that transition? I'm learning. I'm learning from last week. Um, hey, that's the name of the show. Ah, he said the thing. He said the thing. <laughs> yeah. I did the thing. I'm proud of myself. Um, something that Blizzard should be proud about is this new BGs update, right? So we're recapping all this news from Tuesday. So the brand new BGs update came out. BGs is out of beta. It's on the main page of the the UI. 37 new minions. It's. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been playing much more BGs than I have. Wild. the new set is a ton of fun been spamming some demons demons are my favorite they're they're a ton of fun to play um happy to see bg success and i think this new update is like this new update's been pretty awesome and then last but not least uh we got to talk about mercenaries so this is the brand new game mode this was kind of like the reason for all the hype on tuesday uh so mercenaries this was their announcement of the new game mode um and if you just watch the announcement video right you watch that reveal video I came out of that not really completely understanding what the mode was, right? I had to go and read a bunch of articles afterwards to kind of completely understand uh, what was going on. Um, And so kind of from my understanding, it's very much a game in the realm of kind of Raid Shadow Legends or like Summoner's War, kind of one of those styles of games, right? Where you kind of collect mercenaries, you, you level them up as you go through kind of combat, right? Uh, the combat is very similar to uh, Darkest Dungeon or like competitive Pokemon, right? Where you have a team of six, three at a time. Uh, they have strengths and weaknesses, right? So Protectors, I think, beat Caster. Think, it, think red about beats Pokemon green. Meowth. Yeah, Red, red beats green. green. I don't green remember what blue. green is though, right? That's what I'm saying. Protectors beat oh. Fighters. Fighters beat Casters. Casters beat Protectors. Yeah. So I, I just remember red beats green, green beats blue, blue beats red. Right? <laughs> it's um, and then you kind of just take on missions, right? Uh, and the the levels are very similar to like Slay the Spire, where you have a bunch of small minions or encounters that lead up to the final boss battle. You beat that, you get a bunch of experience for your units, potentially unlock some other units and stuff like that. 
you level up gear, you level up abilities, all that kind of good stuff. And then you can have a PvP aspect uh, where your team goes against other people's teams in some sort of leaderboard. So it's one of those kind of games. Um, again, for as much hype as it was, I came away from that reveal stream very kind of let down. Um, I know that's been addressed a bunch on Twitter uh, and stuff like that. But kind of once you learned about the game mode, um, very interested in y'all's kind of takeaways uh, about mercenaries itself and uh are you hype about the game mode yeah um <laughs> I, th I think you're definitely not alone in um uh, maybe some initial confusion um I, I know hat wrote a great article on it that i'm sure you can go into a little bit more detail on um me personally like based on what they had described and explained early on it was almost exactly what i was expecting so i had the benefit of um playing a lot of these games in the past and based on the little information that they did share kind of going in expecting it and even still it was kind of uh it was very information dense and a little bit overwhelming just going into some of the minute details are doesn't teach you much about the the exciting parts of the game i don't need to know um you know the ins and outs of my base and the um the what the different portals do or you know specific what specific abilities do i can i can find that out on my own i just want to see what combat is i want to see how i get my mercenaries which i'm still not terribly clear on other than buying packs and um you know that's i think what i was interested to see and it seemed like a lot of build up into that and a lot of um very detailed information for a f initial look at, at the game mode when um you know we haven't seen hardly anything other than the map prior to this. So even with that baseline information, it was still maybe um, a little bit dense in terms of the information it provided. Um, in terms of gameplay, I I like those style of games. I, I you know, shamelessly have um, you know laid in bed uh, spamming some Raid Shadow Legends on my phone while I was prepping for a sponsor, not spending any money on the game, but just like it, it, I don't know, the mindless tapping is it was a good way for me to unwind after a late night stream. So like I, I and that's not the only type of that game that I played in in the past. I played other ones, and you know I I, I like them, and this seems a little bit more engaging than than that. So I think that's probably a good thing, but it's probably something that I will try and um pro but probably not spend money on i know that those things are you know kind of notorious for their monetization strategies and that was another concern that i had during the presentation is that they seem to emphasize that a little bit more than i i think i would have liked they talked a lot about the packs when again i just want to see gameplay uh the you know and then after that the packs started immediately popping up and interrupting my gameplay experience in Hearthstone, which is a little bit concerning and reminiscent of, um, you know, what some people don't necessarily like about that game. So that was a little bit concerning. But in spite of that, I'm still, you know, somewhat optimistic that it um, that it will be a fun game mode because again, I like all of the games that seem to be uh, inspirations for it. In terms of, I like the I like the map from Slay the Spire. I like the combat style of. Um, you know, Darkest Dungeon or Pokemon, depending on, you know, where you're coming from. And I like the hero collection thing. That's just kind of fun uh, from uh, from those type of, I guess, gotcha games. But, like, I don't know. It's I know that me personally, I've kind of become numb to the that type of uh, is monetization. So I just, like, I can ignore it easily and not spend money on the game and still find a way to enjoy it. So I think I'll probably do the same with uh, 
with this, but there are aspects of it that are a little bit predatory. Um, and I hope that maybe that, um, you know, isn't the case for, um, for mercenaries. And I think XR has uh, mentioned that, that, you know, that there is certainly ways to accumulate all of the mercenaries and whatnot um, without spending any money in the game. And I, I hope that uh, proves to be true because like, I don't know, it's not going to be my game, my main game mode, I imagine. So I don't think I like, I don't want to feel obligated to, uh, to spend money on it to have fun. I think there was only one thing that I really learned from the presentation, and that was that Raid Shadow Legends is actually a real game and not just some money, money laundering like, scheme on Twitch, uh, which was my general impression. Um, apart from that, I basically just came away very, very confused. And so my opinion on Mercenaries uh, is basically the same as before the announcement. I don't really know anything. Um, I don't really care right now to go and learn too much about it because I'm sure that information will be packaged better. Um, this was just horrific. This was so bad. Like, uh, I, it's not even just saying this didn't go well. This was about as bad as a launch for a new game mode could have possibly gone. I'm not sure exactly what happened behind the scenes, like whether it was just people that were too heavily involved in this. Like the tweet that I sent, my first reaction was that it was probably made by people who felt very absorbed by the game for months and months. And so there wasn't really this understanding about what all this information would do to a new audience. Um, but I don't know. It was pretty horrific, I think. And uh, we'll see. I mean, Hat, you wrote an article about it. So let, let's let you uh, rip on this thing. It was a bad sales pitch for what will probably be a good game. Like, nice. <laughs> it, it was, the sales pitch was so bad and it made all the same mistakes the rewards track did nine months before. Um, and clearly those lessons were not absorbed because, I mean, they're, they're different teams, right? And Dean has been really, really clear during his AMAs about all the things they learned from that, and they made it so much better with the core set launch. They did all the right things, because what you have to do, Hearthstone players and economy don't go well together unless you make it very clear how they're making the game more accessible in a way that you cannot possibly miss. With the rewards track, they made the game better, and if you still think that they're taking money away from you, DM me on Twitter, and I will ex I will show you the math, or you can just look in the bottom right corner of your screen. You have more gold. I promise you have more gold. But they didn't make it clear, so it was a problem, and they had to fix the experience issue, which was a problem. With the core set, hey, here's a bunch of free cards. You can't mess that up. It is impossible to mess that up. People had questions. There was curiosity. But when you start with the base assumption of, what are the logistic details of all of my new free cards? That's a great place to start from. You really want to start from there. Mercenaries once again started from economic ambiguity. And Raffle, you put it very well. Getting that bizarre garbage fire of a presentation and then logging into Hearthstone and being asked to put money into the, the Hearthstone bank wasn't the right thing to happen. You can't do that. It... I actually disagree with you, Corbett. It couldn't have possibly been people close to the game. When you're too close to something, mm. you skip details. You assume people will get details. They gave us way too many details. I think they made the opposite assumption that they had to overcorrect for the amount of depth that they were putting in this mode because they wanted people to understand it was deep. Mm -hmm. But they skipped a very important part, which is show us the damn game. Show us the game. I know the details. I'm glad to know that Karen Bloodhoof is great with Reincarnation 3. I will keep an eye out for that combination. Also, how do I play? So they missed that part. And the reveal 
was so confusing that the only clear part was that you can and should spend money on this. And also, by the way, Diablo is here and he wants your money. And, I, I mean, Diablo and Hearthstone is cool, but it was so very clearly, like, it felt so cash-grabby that it ruined Hearthstone discourse for the rest of the week. And I believe that this is the reason why the main topic of tonight's episode happened, is that people were already on edge around Hearthstone in general, because this looked, if you are a person that loves the Activision is calling the shots litany. You got a whole lot of ammo from this reveal. I don't think that's true, by the way. But if you are the sort of person that comes at Hearthstone with the idea of Activision took over, everything is changing, they just want your money, they're milking you like a cash cow, and this is just the latest way they've done that, this was every fear you had justified, and there is no way to disprove it because all the information they gave us wasn't actually helpful. So player sentiment is was really badly damaged on Tuesday, even though, I want to be clear, I wrote the article about how bad the sales pitch was. I bet the game will be cool, and I have watched Mercenaries gameplay videos every day since it's come out. Every day, I want to play it, I want to sit in bed, and I don't want to play Raid Shadow Legends. So I want to I want to play Mercenaries and click my thing and have it do the thing. And also, by the way, BG players are going to love this, and they have a bunch of gold they can't spend right now. Tell a BG's mm -hmm. players, hey... What if you never got screwed by Bob Shop Rolls because you bring your own minions and you can predict the order of combat or plan for it? BG players want that. And there's the BG attack mechanic in the game. It looks dope. I want to play it. I've, I'm interested. But the pitch was so bad that I've had to fight back about being excited about it. And at the same time, it's right to say how bad the pitch was. Yeah, 100% agree. I mean, to make it clear... To anybody who like hasn't done any further research it's not exactly pay to play right you have just by yeah. completing the tutorial you get access to a bunch of like i think they said eight creatures eight free characters um, pve looks like it'll be free there is a merc specific reward system like functionally equivalent to daily quest but merc specific if you play mercs you get mercs yeah. also experience you earn experience in mercs in the pvp equal to constructed and in the pve the solo content equal to current battlegrounds or duels so you will gain experience towards your rewards track for gold, which you can spend on mercs packs or just whatever you want if you want to play free to play for mercenaries. Yeah, and now, all those rewards, the... like, they, they come with just playing the game, and they just, like, completely yeah. left that part out, right? They led with the, hey, buy these packs, buy these bundles, instead it's, of... It's on the mercenaries packs odds, which, by the way, are super relevant. They're on a blizzard support web page it's not even on the hearthstone page you have to go to the collection blog about mercenaries and then click click here for more information on mercenaries packs and then you get a list a disclosure of all the pack odds for all of hearthstone then you have to click the mercenaries tab and this is where you find out four pages deep on a blog that mercs is the only gotcha game in history with duplicate protection it has the same odds as regular hearthstone packs and all the heroes are craftable that sounds very forgiving. <laughs> exactly. That should have been in the first like two minutes, right? Like, what is the game? How does the like present the game? Show the gameplay. Money. This is the first one with duplicate protection. Like, got to emphasize that. And it's An uh, like I said, it's bizarre. Another predatory thing those type of uh, games often do too is they they time lock a lot of the content so that you're forced to put money into the game or at least in-game resources into the game in order to play the game, which is really irritating and and kind of scummy to be honest. And like. It didn't seem like that was the case in, in Mercenaries, but again, that's important information to know if you're kind of 
making a competitor to those type of game modes that you can play as much as you want rather than than time locking that because that's again predatory and really kind of scummy yeah i mean i think all things being said i think mercenaries is going to be super successful and i think it's yep. I'm, I'm excited for it i will say there's a couple of things that i'm a little bit worried about that are very similar to duels um so for me the big thing right now is that like these are one of those games that like so like i i played runescape right where like a big appeal to me is like when i'm not on stream i can like play battlegrounds on one screen or grind ladder on one screen and play my kind of afk game on the other right or play it on my phone i can't play this and play hearthstone at the same time right because if you're logged into your battle.net account you can't play both right which is i think for for the style of game might be a hindrance i'm not sure how much that that'll be maybe that's just like a me problem um and then the second one is I don't I don't know how friendly this is going to be for for streaming or for YouTube content creation, um, and I don't know how much of a hindrance that's going to be because I feel like that was a huge hindrance to duels, right? Because yeah. how the hell do you put duels content on YouTube? You, you can't, yeah. can't. So I I think that um, all of us, well, probably underestimate just how popular those type of mobile tap games are, though. Like. Corb even saying that, <laughs> joking that uh, he found out that Raid Shadow Legends was a real game. I think those games are like outlandishly popular, mm-hmm. um, and so that, I mean that's why people keep making them. And they also do have predatory uh, monetization strategies, so that's why they make so much money. And they're, they're they are cash cows, but they're also uh, obscenely popular. So I, I don't think that that can be uh, or shouldn't be underestimated. That even if it's not being seen on stream as much as Battlegrounds. Because it's you're right, it's probably not as engaging of a of a stream game. But at the same time, we we can't really say for sure because we didn't see much gameplay or hardly any at all. So I wouldn't, I don't anticipate it being a a popular stream game. But I can't, I, I like, I legitimately can't predict that because I I don't know what it is. And like the PvP might be fantastic. I don't think we saw a single uh, round of PvP combat, but. Uh, you, you know, like Hat said, we know what uh, Reincarnate does on Karen Bloodhoof, and that it's a good thing. Um, yep. If I look at Twitch Tracker right now, Hearthstone is in 13th place overall on the platform, and Genshin Impact is 15th. So, just be aware, that's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. And Genshin is by far the most predatory I think even more so than Raid, the pack odds of opening a five-star character are the lowest possible. Like, they're uh, under 1% for opening the legendary equivalent. Um, and the game is good enough that it doesn't matter, that people still just buy in. Uh, and I don't believe that Blizzard is looking to turn Hearthstone into a fast burn, because it has been so wildly successful for so long that it would cost them more money to make it die out faster. It's much better to build a self-sustaining product. Um, and I don't know, I Raffle, you're right that these are really popular. And also, remember how no one thought that people would want to watch Battlegrounds? Mass Hysteria Simulator, lol. Yeah, uh, they were wrong. It was popular. Yeah, I mean, I, I very much could be wrong about that. And I will... I'll concede yeah. that well, if it uh, does We don't know. We have yeah. no... We can't we don't, I don't know what the game anything looks like. you're saying. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I'm excited to play it. And I think that's kind of... One, it took me a while though, right? It was kind of the big thing, but I'm excited for it, and I think a lot of people should be. Like, if you, you just got to kind of get past the fact that they put the bundles in the store, right? Like, get that out of your. I know it's 
a really bad first impression, but once you like get past that, I think it has some some pretty great potential. Um, okay, so all of that being said, I think it's time to get into kind of the meat uh, of today's podcast, right? There was after this whole discourse that happened on Tuesday, um, Wednesday came around, right? Uh, and I'll just kind of give you guys a little bit of a timeline of what went went on, right? So that Merck's presentation happened. A lot of people were a little bit salty about about everything that happened there. Um, Wild, again, like we talked about, we got one nerf, and it was not a significant nerf. It was Flush Giant up by one mana. Um, And so people were kind of, they were tilted. They were kind of making it expressed on Twitter and on Reddit that they were unhappy that Wild went another balance change without any significant changes to Demon Seed. Um... And then a couple of standard players uh, and standard personalities kind of made some comments about about the wild format and kind of just triggered this kind of verbal war uh, via Twitter and Reddit. Um, so, so yeah, it was Wednesday was a fun afternoon. I'm not gonna lie, as a spectator for most of it, it was I enjoyed it. Like I was I was having a good old laugh at reading a lot of what was happening and then it kind of started getting you know personal between some of the the messages which is you know obviously on a on another level and not okay um but yeah without without calling specific people out it was um it was a lot of standard players making some pretty kind of uninformed maybe not the greatest comments towards a very kind of angry frustrated player base and then that player base kind of lashing out in a very not okay way towards those personalities. Um, and, and the kind of the whole point of this conversation was standard, these standard players kind of reached out and said, Hey, wild isn't meant to be balanced. I don't know why you guys are complaining about balance and, and kind of wild players took that personally. Um, and I know we've talked about this on the podcast, but I kind of just want to reiterate this, that, I think in the view, at least of all three of us, this is like a really dumb take, right? That wild shouldn't be balanced. Um, I don't know if you guys want to go ahead and just like reiterate your stances on this uh, kind of before we move on. Uh, Before we move on, I'll just say that like this whole discourse uh, led me to uninstall Twitter from my phone and it was a fantastic decision. Uh, I found myself just like scrolling through these uh, garbage takes from from both sides. The the fantastic thing about like a, a Twitter feud is that it has this magical capacity to make both sides just look dumb and wrong. Like <laughs> and and it's it's like watching a train wreck and that you kind of get engrossed in it and I just realized I I just don't need this in my life. So, um you know, it's part of my job so I do still have a Twitter I'll, but now I have to like go to my computer if I want to see what's going on and it's just a, it, it's a much more healthy way to uh to engage with it i i think um i will say that yeah i i mean i've expressed my stance on a wild balance in the past i think that you know i'm maybe not as um on board with uh as regular changes as you and corb because i i don't play competitively but i think that there's very clear outliers um that we're seeing right now and i think that it's even very clear to uh to team five um and they've address that as I'm sure we'll we'll discuss and they're aware of it. I think that um, something that can't be overlooked is that um, Tuesday's patch was um, 
I don't want to say rushed, but like needed to just get through to fix standard while they're already doing a, a big patch for for Battlegrounds and uh, adding mercenaries to the shop. Uh, so like that hmm. that was a planned patch that they were just kind of like taking advantage of, and that's why the the nerfs were fairly light and weren't as large scale. Um, and with that in mind, I think that one of the I don't know if it was the initial thread because like Twitter does weird things with its timeline now. One of the initial threads that started blowing up and making people really mad was uh, worded horrendously and meant to, uh, it, it was it was an attempt to, I, I will say, to, to rage bait, I think. It was like, it was intentionally inflammatory for the sake of engagement. That said, the the main point was meant to be that sometimes wild players have, um, you know, maybe poor expectations for what Blizzard does with the format. And I think that's, that is true. And that is, you know, represented by the fact that people were mad that the announced nerfs happened the way that we kind of expected them to happen. So uh, like there, there is some truth to that. And I, I don't like, like I said, I don't think that it was worded properly. And I don't think that either side is correct in this. I think that people were just mad on the internet and it was, um, frankly, kind of embarrassing for, for all parties uh, that were involved in that type of, of discourse that like, I think that there is some truth to the, uh, the, the fact that, you know, as a player base, especially the highly engaged wild community has their expectations misaligned with what Blizzard has not only consistently done, said, and repeatedly shown uh, for what the, the wild format is. And like, you, you, ch you choose to play this game mode in spite of that, you know, where where is the expectation that there's going to be frequent and regular changes coming from? Um, even and even in spite of that, I think that there's, you know, as we'll see in the future, there's like pretty good evidence that we probably will get changes uh, that just not maybe as immediately as people were expecting. Yeah, uh, it very much felt like there were kind of two different conversations going on and a lot of the rage was... Uh, sort of circling around because people were largely having two different conversations. Um, the first is, like, the expectations, right? Like, that's kind of what kick-started it off. I mean, I'll, I'll say it. It's the Jalex tweet. <laughs> like, Jalex uh, put it out there that, you know, uh, wild players can't read. Here is what you were told what the format was five years ago. Um, I don't know why your expectations were different uh, than what we got with the nerfs. And the thing is, like, in the sense that players were having unrealistic expectations it was true like we called out what the nerfs were going to be like alec has basically told us what the nerfs were going to be every single patch since i think the jandis post uh jandis like watch post nerfs when that happened he explicitly said like which classes how many cards and so the nerfs have been like 95 percent of the time super easy to guess and so i i didn't expect any wild changes like i i thought flesh was to 10 and steel to six and then that's what happened um and so i personally wasn't mad a lot of people in Wild, um, they have misaligned expectations because they don't, I don't think, know what's going on in Standard. Like, they thought that Raise Dead might have been a target. Like, oh, they can nerf Raise Dead because that'll, that'll fix our format as well. And it's like, no, they were never, they were never going to touch Raise Dead. <laughs> like, that, Raise Dead is not a problem in Standard. It's fine. Um, Nerfing so it to one would that... actually make it better because little Tammy just doubles it, and then that's something that would be really powerful in Standard. Yeah, you don't and, want to buff it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and Wand Thief is a problem, too. And, right. Wand Maker on, in both Priest and Warlock would actually that make one. it better. The the nerf to Raise Dead is actually remove the self-damage from the card, but they won't do that either. 
Mm, unlucky. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so there was the uh, misaligned expectations, and that was one thing. Um, but then there's the other thing, which is like, what should wild be? And that's different than what wild is and what we've been told wild is. So just because the devs say wild is a certain way and they've kind of stuck to that mantra doesn't mean people can't say, but we want it to be this, right? You're allowed to ask for change. You're allowed to suggest that we want differences. And just because wild was originally made to be something or even is continued uh to be balanced in a certain way doesn't mean that the players have to just accept that and they can push back and ask for different things you're not going to get it necessarily but it's totally fine to ask um and so yeah personally like i would love it if wilds got more balance changes uh and i totally understand why people are pissed um i think i also don't think the format is going to return to how a lot of people imagine uh, a lot of people seem to think that a couple of nerfs might bring back like turn 10 um and reno decks and things like that and i'm personally in more of the camp of if you know of warlock i think it's very very real that in a month's time we're talking about warrior being completely broken and 25 percent of the format um and stuff like that but i totally get why people are pissed and i think that the reason why i was particularly agitating for a lot of people is because like you said playbase was upset and a whole bunch of people who are outside the direct community uh decided decided to tell people how they should feel and that's not really the way to go about it. Sorry, I, I think that was the biggest thing, was, like, people telling them how they should feel about the format was kind of the biggest thing. Um, like like you mentioned, I think the WoW community in general has, like, way too high expectations. Like, we've talked about it on the podcast time after time, that, like, they they don't make a ton of changes, right? Like, and you shouldn't expect them to make a ton of changes. And I think we also expect them to eventually make a change to demon seed and i think just a lot of wild players were frustrated that it wasn't this patch like i think a lot of people at their core kind of know that it's and i've had the same perspective like i don't i don't i'm kind of in the middle ground of you two where like i don't want a ton of changes right like i like the fact that stuff like odd paladin secret mage Wienerdex remain playable and competitive for a long extended period of time like i enjoy that and i think that's important for the format and it's kind of like the, the point of the format um i i just think that you have to address like the high power level things which the demon seed is it's an outlier i just and a lot of other wild players i think would agree that like we just kind of want those changes faster right instead of having yeah, to wait and... two months to see wait two months for the meta to settle before you finally <laughs> nerf the demon seed when i think it's very obviously been an issue right um and i think that's where a lot of that frustration is coming from and not the fact that you know, I want this to be a very curated experience because, like, I know that's never going to happen with their current mindset. And I think this yeah, is a whole and- other conversation we can have about what should the format be. But I think, yeah, sorry, I keep interrupting you, but yeah, I, I think no, this no, is no, you're an entirely good. conversation. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, like, if they nerf all like in ten days, then it kind of just proves the point though that players aren't really being unreasonable asking for nerfs today, right? Yeah. Like, if if it's gonna if it's a problem in ten days, it's a problem now, and so it, it's not crazy for players to be like, hey, let's nerf it now, or we wanted it sooner. Um, and so that's kind of the whole point. Like, ah, oh, wild can't be balanced. It's like, well, they're probably gonna balance it in ten days. So, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, that that whole tweet yeah. that started this off was from like an article five and a half years ago from a completely different team that has been proven false time and time and time and time and time again because they have continuously balanced the format time and time again, right? It's like, like Rolfo mentioned, it was a very 
it was meant to to piss off the wild community and i think it did a very very good job at doing that listen that tweet was fun and interactive which is what that team was all about (laughs) so a couple things about that that post uh, not the not the tweet but like the the initial post you're right in saying that like there's a completely different design philosophy associated with that and that's like i think that's a good thing because i think that you know there are times when wild does need to be changed and right now is certainly one of them i understand the frustration that the player base has right now because it does feel like it's taking well, you know it's been a, it's been around for a month um but like Corb said, that there there are consequences to making changes that I think that a lot of like armchair uh, game developers don't think about. That it's not just thing broken, fix broken thing. There are consequences to that. And if you know for Warlock, there's going like like it might be Warrior, it might be something else is going to pop up, and then at a certain point you're just playing whack a mole, and that's not like sustainable as uh, for a what quite frankly is a secondary game mode to standard. We knew that going in. That's the part of what the post that the post that still holds true. Wild is a secondary format to standard. Like the that's and we opted into that format knowing that from the beginning. What's not true is that like things remain as they are. That's very clearly not the case. Things have been nerfed. The problem, though, is that there's there's more to that post that I think people are, are ignoring because I've had this expansion cycle, people cite that same article with the Leroy Jenkins rotating to the Hall of Fame as a reason why the Demon Seed needs to be nerfed. So if we can't reference that article for why wild should be wild and, you know, this unbalanced place, we also can't use that Leroy Jenkins uh, section of it, too, because there's a very different design philosophy associated with Hearthstone in that. So... Again, um, you know, we have to be consistent with uh, with our argument. We can say that absolutely, wild needs changes, probably more frequent changes. We got a fairly quick, um, you know, ban from Steel Over Souls, and I think we are maybe a little bit spoiled by that. And our expectations are maybe set to a place where that's now the norm. And um, you know, so so the precedent of more changes or even quicker changes, kind of. Um, you know, is is playing into what's caused some of the this uproar as well. But the again, the reality is is that um, you know this was just kind of a a sneaky patch that was secondary to the the battlegrounds of mercenaries. And I think that you know the, maybe the team needs to have a longer discussion about how to fix um, the the demon seed because you know in my Twitch chat I think I've had. Um, very near all 30 cards listed as the problem card in the deck. So like, it, you know, if the geniuses in Twitch chat can't figure it out, how were, how was team five going to isolate the, the, the problem that needs to be fixed? Because I, I, again, we talked about this last week. I don't think it's a single problem. I think it's like secret mage. It's reached a point of critical mass in terms of synergistic mechanics. How do you, how do you fix that? Like, I, I don't know, like ban demon seed and then you just get quicker games from pirate warrior. So like, I, I legitimately don't know what the uh, the fix is. Uh, a lot of people have ideas, and you know that's probably something that like there isn't a single person on. It's not just Ixar back there flipping switches to determine what gets banned. When you have a team that's grown to the size of uh, Team Five, like decisions unfortunately take longer because you have to have some sort of sense of uh, agreement in terms of what is the you know the correct and best decision to move forward with and. Unfortunately, we just have, like, we're stuck dealing with, um, 
seed warlock and it's not fun and like i understand the frustration associated with that i feel it i've you know i queued into like three or four in a row today and i just i just gave up and started conceding it feels bad i i want to hop over to hat here though like i i think a lot of this conversation has come from from wild players trying to like justify i don't it feels like kind of explaining kind of the wild perspective of why wild players were pissed off at this reaction and as somebody who's not involved or invested in our scene to a tremendous amount like us three are i know you had some some comments about how this looked from the outside um what what were y'all what were your feelings reading this whole kind of conversation that occurred on uh on wednesday so first of all Raffle secretly figured it out. On Tuesday, they added Diablo to the game, and there was only room for one Stealer of Souls. So they had to get rid of the other one. That's what happened. It makes so much sense. Second of all, the limiting factor on patches right now is actually engineering, is actually uh, uh, development resources. Um, And I want to make sure I'm clear in this point. There are 12 open engineer positions for the Hearthstone team only. There were 14 last week. They want to spend more money and make the game better. I would guess for some obvious reasons that it's kind of hard to hire at Blizzard right now. Um, and also, I imagine that the only remaining HR employee is actually three raccoons in a trench coat, so it might be difficult for them to get people in the door right now. So, they're trying. But Alec spelled it out pretty clearly. There was no localization on the patch that they just did that involved uh, the changing stealer and flush giant. When there's no localization, that means the only things that are the same in every language are the numbers. So they can only change numbers. So there might be some larger changes that they want to do. They have a set patch window for the upcoming one, which I assume is either the 16th or the 21st, because those are kind of the windows that make sense, because we're going to get a mini set first week of October-ish. And I'm sure that'll break wild in some new and exciting way. We'll talk about it then. Um, But so as far as perspective on uh, Twitter fights, um, so, okay, just to be clear, if you crap on the devs, you were a tool. If you crap on players for having feelings, you were a tool. If you try to explain to people how they should feel, you were a tool. That's... I feel like that's just good life advice. <laughs> right, yeah. That's If you try and tell people that what they're feeling is wrong, then that doesn't go well for you, and it shouldn't. And if you try and, and explain to people why them being upset is a bad idea, that's, that is a bad idea to try and say. Um, now, the difference, you all touched on this so well. The difference is expectation versus experience. Expectation versus experience defines everything. Because the expectation of Wild is... I I know this has been said many times by many smart people. Wild existed so standard could exist. And it doesn't mean Wild shouldn't be a format that people care about. It means that you need every card in the game to be playable so that it feels like your older cards have value. But you need a rotating format. You need standard as the premier rotating format... It encourages people to buy cards, it's well curated, it's the marquee format, it keeps things fresh, whatever, whatever. So Wild is where cards go when they're not in standard anymore, so you need a place for cards to go. That is why Wild initially existed, that's why they didn't have Wild stuff in the in-game store for a while, or you couldn't even buy it at all, because they didn't really want you focused on that, because it was just standard with a little bit of extra, and it didn't really feel a lot different, wouldn't be an investment, they wanted to make sure that players weren't focused on Wild, they were focused on standard. But the experience, this is where things got weird, for Blizzard in particular, is that Wild was accidentally super fun. For a bunch of years, Wild was a fun format where you could play things. It's like, this is cool. I want to do this. 
And that was Hearthstone's a younger card game. And by younger, I mean it's the only digital card game that has come out after Magic the Gathering that didn't die. And every other game since Hearthstone came out is imitating Hearthstone, not Magic. So Magic is near 30 years old. And by the way, if anyone tries to come at me with the balance of Magic as a bastion or example of a good thing, I'll link you to the Wikipedia article about their timeline of bans and restrictions over the past 5-10 years, and we can have a conversation about that. I don't think it's going that well. Um, but they're working on it. They errated an entire mechanic three weeks after they released it, by the way. Um, just keep that in mind. Um, but so they made Wild when Hearthstone was way too young to have an eternal format because they literally needed it right away after the second year of sets. And when it got to like three years, four years in, it was super dope. You could do all sorts of cool things, and it was faster than standard, but like broken in a way that like if you I actually think a good metaphor for how Wild feels is doing one duels run. And when you're about four games in or so, when you just got your second passive, that's when Wild was dope. And now we're 11 games in and everything is ridiculous. And people are winning so fast. And it's like, how did we get here? Well, you know how you get here. You, you, it, got, it went longer. You got more stuff. And the developers knew the second they announced the format, there will be a point when having every card legal in Hearthstone in one place is going to be unbelievable. And what we're witnessing over the course of the past year or so, really since, I'd say, since Scolo, unless you count... No, Snip Snap. Since Snip Snap, actually. Since Snip Snap, you run the risk of breaking something. Except now it's not a risk, it's a guarantee. You're probably going to need to emergency nerf something within the first six weeks of Wild, if not the first one weekend of Wild, because you're going to break something, because there are a ton of cards in the format. But the issue that they're running into is that they accidentally made a fun, semi-curated format by just not having enough cards in the game around the four or five year mark. And they hit this super great sweet spot of things that I want to do with cards that I already own. It's really enjoyable and it involves a little bit, but not a ton. But then there's a new deck every expansion and it changes the wrinkles of this format. It makes it interesting. It was so good. It was so good. And now that's over because the format's past the tipping point. You have too many cards for those experiences to be replicated ever again. You cannot go home again. You have to make another in-between format if you want to get back to the era of, of like, even Paladin or whatever. If you want to get back to that to that time, or even Shaman, even decks in general. You want to get back to that point. I guess you can play even lock now because they nerf Flesh Giant back to 10. Um, but, like, I'm trying to think of uh, uh, cube blocks. If you want to get back to your cube blocks of the world, you're going to need to make a smaller format. Because as of right now, that depends on, like, playing a 4-drop, then playing a 5-drop, and then playing... Eventually, you play Blood River Gul'dan on purpose, and we're, that's not happening anymore. We're not going to get there. There's there's a broken combo that is required to be nerfed immediately after a new set is printed every expansion to pull Wild back from the brink. And when I say broken, I don't mean unbeatable. Tiller wasn't good. Steeler wasn't good. I mean that it's the extreme version of punishing jank that we talked about. You can't play the fun stuff as long as people are doing things like this. So, it's past the point of no return to get to the good part of Wild. And what was happening this week was more grief for that format and then players that didn't understand that that format ever existed telling people, why are you upset? And that was the expectation versus experience divide where the, the, the players from the outside perspective were unaware that the glory years of Wild ever existed. And were tone deaf 
in the process of explaining, no, this is how it's always supposed to be. Yes, but I was having fun before, and I'm not now, and let me grieve that loss. And that's what was missing from the standard player, is the awareness that there was something that was lost with the acceleration of the format. And you can nerf your tillers and your stealers of the world, but you can't print a marquee legendary cycle and then expect the cool card that made Warlock good in standard again after a year to get banned in wild. They're not going to do it. Because Demon Seed is too cool. People like it too much, especially in standard. In wild, <laughs> I understand that's not the opinion. In standard, especially before the first Flesh Giant nerf, there were three Warlock decks, and before that, there were none. And it was really, really popular, and it remains popular. And I don't think they're going to ban a Marquee Legendary from the new set. I don't think they're going to do it. So... I don't know if that's true. We'll find out. Maybe, maybe the balance team just like, no, this is the right thing to do, smashes the button, and then we deal with void touch attendance and, and, and ships cannons and whatever. Uh, ships cannons are multiple classes. Um, but while the old wild, the fun part of wild is gone. There's too many cards now, and you have to make a different format if you want to get that back. Yeah. I mean, I want to I wanna push back a little bit on that last yeah. point, right? Like... <laughs> I don't know. I was having a ton of fun in Wild before this expansion came out, like before Demon Sea came out. I was having a ton of fun in Forge of the Barons. Um, after they banned Steeler. Yeah, after they banned Steeler, right? And, and so I, I think what a lot of Wild players want, I know that's a very vocal portion of the format that, like on Twitter and on Reddit, that constantly want changes, right? They want nerfs to Secret Mage. They want nerfs, you know, to, to Raza, right, prior to this whole expansion they want nerfs to a bunch of different cards i i think what a lot of players just want is like let the format kind of naturally evolve and then when these things do pop up right instead of having to play whack-a-mole like xr was talking about just like hit them all and then if something else comes up i think you hit it then i think what a lot of people a lot of standard players like didn't realize right is that like i talked about this a little bit i, I made a post because like i was kind of fed up with a lot of the discourse that was happening i made a post and i was like i don't think a lot of people realize like in wild a lot of the meta is like kind of self-correcting because a lot of decks in the format do dumb broken things right it's just when something does the dumb broken thing a lot more powerfully and consistent and earlier in the game than everything else then that's not very fun but when every deck is doing dumb broken things i think that's that's a fun experience right even if it is changing even if i'm not able to play that cube block from 2018 or 29 whenever q block was that was forever ago right even if i can't play that same deck i was still having a lot of fun playing a wide variety of decks and being able to do dumb broken things to compete with other dumb broken things it's just now nothing competes with that dumb broken thing in demon seed and then when that stuff happens people want those changes and so i think there was that disconnect there with those standard players was i don't i don't think that they recognize that Everything is broken, so it's balanced. It's just when one thing is so much more broken than everything else, that's when we want change. And I think a lot of the frustration just comes of why do we have to wait so damn long for that change to come, I think, is where a lot of that pent-up frustration comes from. Yeah, and I think that slow incremental change is hardly noticeable. Like, the the format you know, year over year does get increasingly maybe a little bit quicker, a little bit more powerful, certainly. Um, like Miao said, some of that is, is self-correcting. But, like, we've never had an expansion that 
dramatically changed the format quite like uh like this did like it we we've talked a little bit about this in past episodes but it's the, the speed of the format is it has just accelerated unlike anything we've ever seen to the point of like whiplash like we were you know talking about the broken thing being ice fishing into fluorotoxin to clear the board in like mm. low grindy um you know mid-range galacron shaman or sometimes even reno shaman so like the it, I think it's um I think that plays into it as well because like it's it's a very different format even from a little over a month ago um in terms of the the pace of play even during the the Steeler uh meta game yeah you got scammed by a Steeler on turn um 6 or six. so every once in a while but like that feels like the norm now to that something's uh, scamming you uh you know on at that same speed so it's like the entirety of the metagame almost feels like the matchup strictly against Steeler of Souls. So I, I think that there is a little bit of, um, you know, yes, it, it, you know, there, there is certainly a degree to which like broken things happening in wild are inevitable, but like it, it almost feels like the, the dam broke with a uh, United and Stormwind and, um, you know everything is just you know rushing through and but like it, it it very much feels like um quite a different format than uh even a month ago yeah and you can say the same about standards well it was a really big the whiplash effect from from forge and the baron's priest to where we are now is is enormously different but i mean it's you know i'm mostly making the conclusion about how wild is past the critical mass not by playing a ton of the format i will say when i was trying to camp my ranking standard i played three or four games of wild and then i didn't do that anymore um because warlock was just better than the things i was trying to do and i wasn't really interested in playing the optimal strategies i mean i was playing a little bit of warrior because i saw the warrior quest and duels so i'm like hey i'll try that in wild and it was fun and i killed a glare lock by uh one in fiving them with cannonball shots twice in a row that was very enjoyable they deserved it um but it's I, i'm mostly looking at how many emergency bands have been like your your tillers and your stealers, when you start looking at nerfs that frequent that uh, in that close to each other, it starts to feel like the format is being held together by duct tape. Um, but I absolutely could be wrong. But the play experience of like maybe you make a few nerfs outside of the questline effect, like you described, and maybe it's possible to to bring the format back to that. You know, you could play a Luna's Pocket Galaxy with a straight face and see where that goes. Um, but it's there is a level of inevitability when every so often they print sets with splashy marquee cards usually fit sets and scholomance was the last one that also had a dent on the wild format i think we can say pretty safely um you know when you put penflinger raise dead and flesh giant in the same set among other cards um broomstick break the broomstick <laughs> oh yeah also broomstick right that card as scholomance neutral one drops the worst one, I think, is Intrepid Initiate, and that says an awful lot, doesn't it? <laughs> Still sees playing wild, so, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's it's really, really good. There's, what, Penflinger, Broomstick. What was the fourth one? There was a fourth one that was really good, too. Um. Yeah, uh, okay. So, I, I, I think in this particular case, right? Tour Guide. Like, while... It was Tour Guide. Oh, it was Tour Guide. Oh, okay, yeah, Hopeless. That right. card's pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um 
Yeah, so with the with the whole like format being broken, every expansion thing, is it really bad if we get like an emergency balance patch every expansion? Like if it's inevitable that like something completely shatters the game and does horrible things and we end up getting a wild balance patch like one week in, is that is that the worst thing in the world? I don't know. No. No, and maybe it's something that like like Kat said, if there's uh you know, a need for engineering or a lack of um people to, to perform yeah. this maybe it's just something that you know moving forward needs to be prepared for as an inevitability and it should be treated as such i don't i don't mind the uh the emergency nerfs because like action is taken quickly i didn't yeah. you know i didn't like playing against uh you know tiller or um stealer of souls but like i didn't have to for very long and they were honestly kind of just bad decks anyway they just felt bad so i don't like i feel like the format benefited from those emergency nerfs so i don't think yeah i think that you know those being an inevitability doesn't mean that the format can't be fun or similar to you know what it's been in the past um i think that it just maybe needs to be something that is um treated as an inevitability by the uh our stone team and you know prepared for yeah, yeah kinda... so like the, the overall the overall direction of wild will get more and more broken right but that doesn't mean that there's aren't going to be outliers each set and I think that's also like part of what a lot of the standard players, uh, when the conversation was happening, they missed. They said wild is always gonna be wild, like wild is wild, wild is broken, yada yada yada. But even like like me said, if broken versus broken, then it doesn't feel as bad. <laughs> like we can continue to trend in a faster and faster, more synergistic direction. Um, but okay, if one deck is thirty percent of the format, you you just bonk it, just nerf it, like it's fine. Um, and then it's very rare that things get up to that level. Like it. it like even secret mage at its peak right secret mage was usually maybe at 18 to 20 percent of the format in like diamond range and to be honest like i was fine like personally i i i guess like personally i would want more active balance changes but i think within the team five sort of framework and expectations that they've outla outlined um i think secret mage not getting touched in that time was totally fine like it's it's fine whatever um even though it was like 18 to 20 percent of the meta and really really good and so when we're talking about these issues it's it's very very extreme right like it's rare that decks are becoming 25 30 percent of the format completely warping things and creating these super weird horrible play experiences and so if you just bonk it it's fine like the meta after stealer nerf a lot of people loved it lpg mage really really good reno shaman like playable great like new deck that people haven't really been able to play and a lot of people love for a long long time dead man's hand Dead Man's Hand had a resurgence and started popping up and things like that. Um, it's a, cult. a lot of people loved. A lot of people loved it. Yeah, it's a cult. Yeah, the <laughs> Dead Man's Hand cult. Um, and so that, that was just off one, one ban. And like, if we just have to do that every expansion, yeah, the format's gonna get more and more broken. Whatever. But I just think you just bonk the clear outliers while having a clear understanding that over time, yes, your arena decks are probably gonna die out. It doesn't mean that you just let everything ride out. Yeah, I I, I want to wrap up this like portion of the conversation is like I feel like the devs have had this kind of mindset towards the format as like a I don't want to touch cards because I want people to come back in two years and be able to pick up the same 30 cards and play them right um, and I, I, I do think that there needs to be some sort of shift in that right where we're talking about hey okay the format's getting extremely synergistic some things are going to break I feel like you're going to drive away many more people if you don't make those changes than you will retain by not making those changes, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, like, I think you're yeah. going to drive 
a larger percentage of your enfranchised player base away if you don't make these changes and you let stuff like Demon Seed exist for months and months rather than just saying, hey, you know, there are, there's a small percentage of you that enjoy this deck, but, you know, it's a much smaller percentage of the people that are going to leave the format. And I don't even know if this is true, right? This is just like all my feelings, right? You're going to drive away a much larger percentage of the player base if you leave this broken deck that is 35, 40% of the player base than if you were to nerf it. And somebody's going to come back and be like, oh, I can't play my Demon Seed anymore. Oh, no. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I, I think there you, needs to be some sort of shift because that seems to be lacking. The emphasis seems to be on the hypothetical, like, abandoned player that returns or returning player and ensuring that then when they return, um, their experience isn't changed or altered in a way that they lose them but the reality is is that you know you do lose people to attrition and oftentimes when they come back i would imagine that there's a high churn rate for them leaving again anyway and so it's kind of you're abandoning the flock to save the the sheep kind of thing where you're like essentially sacrificing the experience of the highly engaged player which i don't know we don't know the numbers uh could be a actually be a small minority compared to the the casual uh, player that comes and goes um, from time to time, but that, that's just what it feels like as one of those players that, you know, is to a certain degree being sacrificed or their experience is being sacrificed for the sake of some, you know, hypothetical returning player. It it, it feels bad. Yeah. I mean, so ha- as somebody who doesn't play a ton of wild, do you just pick up the same thirty cards every time you come back to the format, or you just like pick up the new version of that deck or pick up the new hotness? What is your this experience is a as a casual wild question? Player? You were asking a clickbait question. You know that it keeps the same 30 cards. I run out of deck slots in the first day of every expansion <laughs> multiple times in the first 48 hours. It's I go on, I do, as you do in Rome, you go on hearthstone-decks.net, you, you click in, you find the class you want to play that matches your daily quest, you play it, you lose to Warlock, and you move on with your life. It's fine. That's what we do. So, no, I don't do that. But, like, I, I don't... Uh, I think Wild you also is meant to be. You don't quite represent the the player that would be doing that though, because no. you are highly engaged no. yourself. You know what resources to check. You I'm on have... a Hearthstone podcast right this moment. That's not something <laughs> that most people do. Right, and mm. and you're more importantly, I think you're you're not only keeping up with like the current metagame, but you're also keeping up with the the cards that you accumulate. So you don't you're not a you know necessarily a great representation of that uh, right. of that player, but. My bad. It's... I will cut this clickbait question out of the podcast. I apologize. No, leave it in. I want people to know what you're doing. Um, but <laughs> also, like, like that. there's there's a, a realistic argument to be made that uh, a former uh, Hearthstone uh, data analyst, uh, uh, Dara JN on Twitter, um, talked about how the focus on Wild was definitely more towards the really, really large entrenched casual player base that, like, they fixed the red X problem where your deck stopped being playable with the, you know, convert to convert to standard and the auto deck builder and all that stuff. Like they've worked really hard on making sure that the average player and the average player is casual. Remember that in the old rank system, two thirds of players never broke old rank 15. And the average player also plays two classes. So their job is to make systems and tools for those players to always be able to click play and get their deck in a game. Um, but I, I don't think that that player would be particularly affected by balance changes because they don't care about the meta by changing the same 30 cards. If one of their cards costs a little bit more, I don't think that's going to be the exit point anymore. Because the theoretical player that never changes a deck list for multiple years 
if they didn't notice that the meta had new cards in it or that they printed a new class that was really, really green, then, like, they're not gonna be affected by balance changes. I don't buy that argument. Yeah, that that's something that I've always felt for years and years is why you should generally try and balance and cater towards your highly engaged player base because those players and streamers uh, drive a lot of traffic um, and the people who aren't very engaged probably don't even notice a lot of changes in the first place, because why would they, right? Like, do, do you think, like, I don't know, I, I don't think a lot of, like, if you if you tune in one month and then six months later, I don't think you really think about Nitro Boost costing one mana or costing two mana or something. It, it does seem very strange to me, but then again, I'm not, you know, in, I don't have the stats, the info, like, I'm not an analyst for any of that stuff, so it's just very, you know speculative but it does seem strange to me and i think in general i i would i would expect that uh catering to more your highly highly engaged player base would be a net positive than um you know trying to cash trying to cater to the, your intense uh toilet break uh play base so i i bet your other two highly engaged wild player co-hosts will agree um yes <laughs> and i'm not saying i'm not saying that i disagree i am yeah. saying that I know there are cultural divides here. East versus West is a very big thing that's often cited in Wild. And I understand mm -hmm. as well, Lovely Duke tweeted, like, there is a lot of dissatisfaction from the China server about Wild right now because, because have you played Wild? Of course there is. Um, it's, I don't think there's an easy answer here. I don't think this is something that, like, catering to the high-end player base, the high-end player base is also, like, even despite the state of the format, yeah. continuing to play. Like, it's, yeah. they're not, like, I understand there are some folks that have been very active about quitting, but I don't think that, that we can just say we should cater the higher player base, because also your cards working the way they used to work definitely makes a lot of sense as to one of the big appeals of Wild. The process that Team 5 uses to approach the two formats is pretty clear. In Standard, when something is an outlier, they fix it quickly, and in Wild, they usually let the meta self-correct, which is a big appeal of Wild, and your cards stay the same, and... I don't think that's a bad approach. It's just in in the modern era of Wild, that approach doesn't account for the amount of brokenness that can happen that requires some kind of intervention. And I asked Dean about that specifically during an AMA, and the answer was that, what was here's the quote, um, we don't intend for Wild to be standard 2.0. And I that's not what I was asking, but like it's I'm glad that we've gotten clarity once again from Dean on this. Um, they're not going to make a lot of changes, but we'll probably get one per expansion. That seems to be how they're doing it. And they are nerfing, like, some wild relevant stuff once per expansion, yeah. especially it, more when it happens to also be standard relevant stuff, which they keep doing, too. Like, Tax Paladin was nuts for, for, like, a month there, and then they nerfed all the broken standard cards, and then it got worse in wild. Yeah, I kind of wrap up this conversation. Like... I want to kind of liken this to two other card games, right? We, I often myself talk about how like we probably shouldn't be comparing Hearthstone to other card games because it is a completely different game, right? Completely digital. But I do want to say like specifically related to Magic because it's kind of the only one I have experience with. But I know Yu-Gi-Oh and other games too. There was a lot of support for their eternal formats, right? There's a, there's a ton of support for their eternal formats, and to be completely honest with you at least from what I can gather, at least in Magic, Modern is much more popular than than their version of Standard, right? It's a much larger player base. Um, and I would say that, like, it, Modern's 
I would say a very similar kind of card pool to to where Wild is right now. Um, and I don't know, they they do get curated changes to that format when power outliers occur, right? And so, um, so you're not wrong. Modern is popular because they keep messing up standard. Like they they had so many bans in standard the past few years that people were looking for a different format, and some local card stores actually said we're rotating standard early to get throne of eldraine out of the format so they're playing next year standard now because of how toxic that set is um the modern design philosophy for magic was incredibly disruptive to a lot of longer term formats and so modern is a format where people can play with their older cards already uh wild is a similar power level and card pool to modern but it is also our equivalent of legacy or vintage which is where every card is playable the thing that we have to remember for wild the core assumption always has to be for our for wild that every card will be playable if it's in hearthstone that is wilds where every card will be playable in modern there's a limit of like the first 15 years of the game are gone yeah i mean that this this Uh, is kind of leading up to the question that i was going to ask right do you think we're getting to that point where we have to start asking ourselves the question of like I brought this up in the post that I made on Twitter. Like, do you think it's time for this kind of eventual divide of the WoW format, right? Where you kind of have this legacy vintage portion of Wild where every card's unbanned, every card's playable, and then you kind of have a more curated version of the format, right? Um, I know the WoW player Wild versus, versus Mild. Simple. Let's see if it's time for Wild and Mild. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, see, I don't know how you guys feel about standard that. player. What do you all think as entrenched Wild players that are engaged with the community? What do you all think? My concern for this has always been the the fact that Wild has frequently had a population problem and will that will only like dividing a small population in half. Um, I don't know. It presents some issues that I feel like are maybe being overlooked. I would personally probably stay with Wild anyway, just because I like I I want to do goofy combos with old cards that never saw play. And, and that kind of thing. I definitely see the appeal as a modern player rather than, um, you know, a legacy um, gamer in Magic the Gathering. Like, I understand the, the appeal of a more narrow range. It's it's friendlier for people to um, dive into. It's more accessible at times. That's what, um, you know, led me to, to play modern and Magic. So I, I think it would be probably wildly successful. And maybe I'm just wrong and, like, people will, um, you know, pick one of the two formats and the other will fall away like uh like maybe classic i i i don't know that has always been my concern just because um again the the player base has always been lower in um in wild but i it's i think also been growing so maybe there's a potential that it can accept that split um i think we're like far away from that right now uh something i will say me out this a correction uh Yu-Gi-Oh, like it is wild mm-hmm. there is no rotating format Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh is just like that with a ban list and limit list uh so yeah no no rotation there um but yeah as for the as for like the splitting wild versus mild um i mean that's my dream format right as a person that wants a <laughs> 
as a person that kind of wants a format that's constantly changing up and stuff like that, but also wants to play with my old cards and wants to, you know, have a whole bunch of deck building challenges. Yeah, hell yeah, I want like a, a newer version of WoW that's sort of toned down or has like more room for change um, a lot of ways. So, but my, my concern would be, um, uh, like, I think that you're already at that point adding a lot of expense to the wild format. I am person, I am a person who is highly, highly engaged and has basically every card that I could need. Um, and I, I don't think a lot of people would necessarily be in that same position. Um, and you know, I, I think it's just a little bit too young and wild isn't that popular enough. And it's really hard to get people invested in the, like a new format like that, right? Classic, which a lot of people seemed very hyped about, um, immediately died out like in the first two weeks, right? Like that's gone now. No one, no one really plays classic for the most part. Who could have seen that one coming? Uh, I mean, yeah, my it's a shocker, right? Yeah. My my question is, can like, can you imagine Wild without like Lotheb, Narabar, Weblord? It seems like a lot of the things that are breaking the format recently are, are from more recent by... expansions. So if you're cutting off yeah. like if if you're cutting off the back end you're i don't know that how much you're changing either like if you cut off the first two three years of hearthstone like um like magic did with modern or obviously they cut off a lot more than that like is that going to be different though yeah, yeah I, I mean guess... hearthstone hearthstone has so much power creep that like a lot of <laughs> the majority of alt sets don't matter in the oh, slightest you said it <laughs> said no. the word said it? power creep they design better they make <laughs> not crappy cards now well, they power could. creep you tell doesn't have to be a bad thing, right? Power creep doesn't have to be a bad thing. Mm. Power creep is necessary. <laughs> like, that's the whole point. Um, power creep and, like, uh, making cards that aren't vanilla 3-mana three 3-4s three is power creep, even if it is better. And so, like, a lot of the old sets are just trash. And so if you get rid of them, it's not, like, a lot of these problems necessarily go away completely. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking, like, not even necessarily, like, cutting off years of Hearthstone. I'm saying you have unnerfed Snip Snap Warlock, unnerfed Naga Giants, oh, okay. unner like you have a completely yeah. oh, so unnerfed format. you would make format. mirror formats, yeah. And you, yeah, and then you have a curated format where you have nerfed Snip Snap Warlock, you have like a nerfed or a banned Demon Seed, you've got Dark Lair Band, like you have changes to the format in a much more frequent fashion, similar to, I guess not similar to a standard cadence, but a, a much more, you know, much more regular balance changes than you do for the normal format right now. Right, so that's kind of what I'm imagining. Like, do you think that there's a massive amount of appeal there? And I think, as oh, in franchise no. players, no, like no. I, I I'd think... be very surprised if they made duplicate formats, except one gets nerfs and the other is like, mm -hmm. hey, um, have fun with the broken cards at the tavern brawl every week. I I don't think that would that that the, this team doesn't work that way, mm -hmm. and I think that would be more of an an anachronism for paper card games where you have the same cards. How do you work with them slightly differently? Um, mm -hmm. I don't think that's something that we would see in the client. I was more thinking like, where would you cut off to make a an uh, like wild as every card, the new format, the modern equivalent in Hearthstone? Where would you make the division? And I think that's a very interesting question that can kind of dictate. just cut off Skullman's Ford. Yeah, I think <laughs> you're good. close. I think <laughs> the answer is Ashes, right? Because when you cut it Ashes, first of all, Demon Hunter is a permanent part of the game starting right then. And second of all, you have to get rid of Zephyrus. He needs to leave whatever new format you make because Zephyrus is going to get weirder and weirder the further we get from old classic and he keeps the old classic cards. 
because there are going to be new players that have no idea what those cards are, and you only see them off Zephyrus with X amount of mana. So you can't have him in a newer format. You have to cut off, and then starting at Ashes makes sense because that's when they added Demon Hunter. But think about if Ashes is the start of a new Eternal format, how far away are we from that? Years. Literal years. You could make the argument of cutting off after Genenbaku rotated with Rise of Shadows, but I don't think you really want Zephyrus and DQA in that format. And it would feel weird to have some Highlander cards, but not the original Highlander cards. Um, so I think the answer is actually Ashes, but I'd be curious to hear what you all think. Isn't Ashes just current standard, though? And it, like, Right, which is why this would be like three, four years away. Right, right. And and I think if if you do that, which... You know, to a certain extent, does make sense because then, like you said, you have the the new class. Um, like I don't, I don't know. You just have. We've already talked to, earlier today about how um, standard right now is just wild light, and if that's the case, is that solving the problem that a lot of people are having uh, with the format? I I I don't know, but um, I like, yeah. I, if you ask me now where the cutoff would be, it would probably be earlier than that. But that's just like it, it's a difficult question to answer simply because like um, a cutoff at that point at Ashes right now is, is certainly logical, but it doesn't like make sense in the context of um, you know the the play experience yeah. for us right now. So it's it, it's a tough uh, it's a tough uh, call to make. I think. I think the answer is there is no good answer to where would you cut yeah. the current format in half because people want to play the current format. They just want it to be fun. Yeah. I think that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. I guess my biggest worry is like Corbett's kind of alluded to, like even if you ban Demon Seed, the format has sped up a ton, right? With Aggro Priest, the Quest Hunter, even Pirate Warrior, right? The format has sped up a ton. And I just worry that like, I, I'm kind of in this boat that there's like a huge appeal to me of this format is like playing these decks that I have enjoyed, right? Like I I am a like I love Reno decks, right? And even when they have been absolute trash, they've still been playable and I can like scrape like a decent win rate with them, right? And I feel like the further we go, the further we get away from these like cards that are the reason that people play the format right there's a lot of people that play it so that they can keep playing reno decks right the amount of people that have told me i can't play reno priest anymore right i'm not enjoying the format which is i i wonder you know kind of moving forward how do you solve that issue and i don't i don't know the answer to that right and i mean you can't solve the issue of i want this specific card to always be yeah. playable in an eternal format it doesn't make That's any right. sense because things change things get power crap damn it i now i'm worried about using that word hat um no, it's, it's, okay it's i understand the appeal i think it's a very misused term but i get it i get it that it's in in wild it makes sense because power creep is a problem with eternal formats it's just in standard formats when people talk about power creep it's like no they're just the old card that was completely unplayable they're making a new version that is playable that's not oh, power creep that's I, just fixing the yeah. design yeah i see i see your issue is when people say complain that silverback Patriarch uh, got power crept by Snow Hill Defender. Um, yeah. yeah. To be I've, fair, that was just good stats for the cost. I, I've right, gone on. Right. I've gone on very, very similar Twitch rants. Uh, my my <laughs> firm that I've uh, I've made very similar arguments and berated people unnecessarily for similar. Cards things. in 2021 are better than cards in 2014. What? Well, it's Crazy. not even. I, I think or a difference at, at least. At, 
I think yeah. what he's getting at is that like cards in 2021 are better than unplayable trash cards. Unplayable in, trash. Yes. In, yes. In, in, it, like yeah. from five years ago that were like that were just pack fillers. We still have those today. Yeah. They just are fewer and farther between, and like they're just different. But yeah. I, I, anyway, digression. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so I don't think you can ever just solve this issue of wanting to see the one particular type of deck. Um, and I, I don't think necessarily that should be the goal of mm -hmm. any balance changes in Wild. Yeah. I don't think that they should go in with the goal of, guys, we have to keep balancing every expansion if Rena Priest isn't tier two. If it's not tier two, then we've like, we're completely effed up. It's all gone to shit. Um, it doesn't really work like that. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel for the people that are sad that they can't play their Reno decks, but you know, you can't solve that problem forever and you can't stop that and we're we might just be well past that point already i don't know i want to see what happens like after they do nerf warlock because they're gonna nerf warlock it's happening i mean um, just to, to butt in just proof okay alec did tweet out a couple days ago two days ago uh full patch created specifically talking about many things nerfs and buffs the approach to wild is to act in extreme cases the current case is clearing that bar so we are getting Pro changes to warlock just to set expectations, probably clearing that bar. So probably clearing that bar. It's not a certain. Yeah. No, I think this is important because we talked about yeah. this at the beginning. That expectations are important. That like it, we will probably get nerfs to warlock. I, I don't. It is not been confirmed or certain yet, but we can maybe look forward to them. Yeah, and when we probably uh, get changes to warlock, <laughs> we will be able to probably see when you know where the whole Reno situation falls right we're going to get a much better understanding of just what the format looks like in mm -hmm. a post stormwind world um because you know this is the current big cap that uh stops a lot of the slower decks right there is this complete and utter inevitability turn eight you are dead every single time and Maybe there's still too much inevitability from other decks. Maybe it is like still Pirate Warrior and Quest Hunter and whatever. But on the other hand, maybe that's not how it plays out. So we just have to we have to bonk this little gopher or the whack-a-mole thing, and uh, and then we'll we'll see if another one pops up. But maybe it'll be fine. I mean, again, they gutted Steeler, and then the format became this really slow sort of Reno deck-heavy uh, environment. And we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Very important question here to wrap up this conversation. Is it called Whack-A-Mole in Australia? Or is it like Whack-A-Koala whack or something like that? Like, is it the same thing? Uh, usually when I go to the carnival, it's more roller coasters, Meowth. I'm not really, uh, I don't, I don't know if we really have like Whack-A-Mole type, type stuff here. No. Missing out. And we're definitely not going to hurt any koalas, Meowth. That's, uh, that's a I thought koalas were evil. I thought that was like the whole thing. No, they just no, that's like dry and sleep. They 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 just high on the eucalyptus that they eat. They uh they get completely out of their mind and they just sleep for eighteen hours a day. Honestly, I relate to a lot of koalas on, <laughs> on that last part. Um. All right. To to wrap up this conversation, I think we want to wrap it up to the conversation that started all of this on Twitter. Um. And specifically, kind of just, I feel like we had this conversation multiple times on this podcast before, but kind of just how wild players kind of go about talking about the format and complaining about the format and the way that they do it um in a way that like i feel like sometimes i know this is probably not true okay but i cannot confirm nor deny but i feel like sometimes they're just like man like the devs do we really want to nerf something for a while to kind of like give credence to all of the like personal attacks and complaining on twitter like i feel like sometimes they could just be like yeah, let's just give them another couple weeks of demon seed and and see how it goes i know that's not how it goes but i, I just Stop feel like that i know <laughs> 
like, I just feel like the way that a lot of people complain about the format makes it seem like we're all whiny little babies when that's like not indicative of the entire format but it's like a really large percentage of the population will like at ixar at alec with these like really kind of blech tweets you know um someone i just feel like we need to have this conversation again even though we've had it before on the podcast about like how to go about like it's okay to complain about the format it's okay to be unhappy it's okay to ask for change but like how you go about doing that is super important yeah, I think a good example of this um, that's indicative of exactly what you just said is somebody posting, you know, complaints about, um, I think it was Wild Specific Balance, um, on a picture that Ixar posted of his newborn baby. Like, what's wrong with you? Why would you think that that's appropriate? Yeah. So um, I, there's more, like, obviously that's an outlier, an extreme case. Not everybody does that, but there is... I think a tendency for the wild player base to have this um, defensiveness to um, their communication or their discourse um, that's a little bit off-putting. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that it's understandable though, because like the there is a sense or a feeling of needing to justify yourself as a wild player, because as we talked about, standard is the marquee format. And that makes wild secondary. So it, when you've had years of playing in that format and years of essentially, you know, being a or feeling like a second class player because you play wild instead of standard, it's it's understandable that you would have a, a little bit of defensiveness. But I think it's it becomes problematic because when you when that shows in your communication with uh, within the com- broader community or more specifically within developers, it, it is very off-putting. And I think that maybe that's part of what led to some of the backlash or like some of the dogpiling from the standard community that, uh, that, that we saw and discussed early on. I'm not saying that makes it right, uh, but like, you know, th- there there's kind of a um i I think it's a a little bit of a a response to that so i understand why players feel defensive uh, um you know about wild i i experience this from from time to time because um you know you're the sidekick format and you know you kind of have to justify your your reasoning for enjoying the 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 sidekick format but i think um it, it like I said, I think it creates problems um, and maybe a needlessly you're starting from a point of antagonism or us versus them, whether it's wild versus standard or the wild player base versus the, the developers. And any time you start from an antagonistic point of view, people can kind of pick up on that and respond at times in kind to that. And uh, it, it kind of creates a, a, a self-perpetuating cycle. So... I understand the wild players' feelings, and um, you know, it, I think that there's something to that. But uh, when you communicate, I think uh, and express your problems, it actually does a disservice to you to let that show and you know have an emotional um, uh, way of uh, conveying your thoughts. Kind of um, actually harms the point that you're trying to make. I think that was very well said. And something that stands out to me, so, okay, I want to make sure I'm clear on this. 
There is nothing that Wild players have ever said that justify being marginalized by any group of players, whether they are other Wild players or standard players. It is not something that is deserved. I will say that I have had some pretty distinct memories of discourse from Wild players towards other Wild players being combative. Um, there was a point, I think this was this, was, this has been a while ago, um, where the meta reports were really, really tribal. Um, where, like, if you were on Tempo Storm versus, what was the other one, Wild Side versus Vicious Syndicate, you picked one and then crapped on the other two, and that was kind of a thing that just went around. That's gotten way better. I, I want to make sure I'm clear. It's gotten way better. But I remember that being a really significant point of contention, and all of these posts on Slash R Slash Wild Hearthstone, the comment section were just these total wastelands. And I'm not going to say that Reddit ever has good comment sections, but these were, like, exceptional. They were really out there. Um, and full disclosure, I work for Vicious Syndicate. I'm not going to say that we have the best meta snapshot. I'm going to say that's the one I work on. It's the one I like the most because I, I'm there. Um, and also Corbett is on there, and I think that he's very handsome. Um, and beyond. But, yeah. And Meow, yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> so, full disclosure, everyone except Raffle. Raffle, we should, we should talk after the show. Um, um, Raffle, former? Former VS. Yeah. I used to write for uh, VS and uh, briefly Tempestorm. But... Okay. So if you've you've done both. As mm -hmm. You like Coke and Pepsi. I did both at the same time. <laughs> at the <laughs> same time. During like all being... of... During the tribal outrage, too. Like, it was... I, I... But somehow you escaped unfazed. It must be the hair. I, you know, I was acting as both Romeo and Juliet, which wow. I realize is a very bizarre analogy. And I'd like to I backtrack from that, but I was joining. That ends. That doesn't I, yeah. end well. No, no, there, there's everything. I immediately regret going there. Just, uh, <laughs> but I yeah. was joining. I was attempting to join the, uh, the 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 warring tribes there, and I yeah, failed. And and there's been some contention, and also Wild has a lot of very popular content creators that tend to be more incendiary and critical. Hold up a second. I want to make sure I'm clear. I am not just talking about Zeddy. I want to be clear. I am not just talking about Zeddy. This is not a coded Zeddy message. That's not what I just said. I said that Wild has some content creators that tend to be critical with their approach. And again, Raffle, you spoke to the good point. Like, if you were chronically disappointed, why wouldn't you be critical? Um, and also that uh, there are just players that, that I think, like I talked about way early in the show, that Wild is kind of this house party atmosphere where you see the same people going from stream to stream to stream to stream. When you have all this pre-existing conversation, then making a tweet is a lot less offensive to the people that know where you're coming from because there are, like, a small number of people in the Wild content scene. They all know each other. Making a tweet about that to your friends that are going to get it, they get it, but the people that are outside of it's like, whoa, this seems way out of line, but you've just spent an hour talking about it in Discord and also the entire prior day and also just in Twitch chat and whatever. There's a lot of context that's missing there, so I think things read a lot more aggressively than necessarily come across. There are also some people that just tend to take a more incendiary tone. I've had positive interaction with Zeddy. Uh, the only negative interaction I've had with him actually was my fault. Um, but uh, also, Zeddy tends to take a pretty critical approach to Hearthstone in general, that's kind of his vibe. And he's extremely influential and a very, very good marketer. And the communities around these content creators that are articulate and good marketers and are focused on what they're trying to talk about, the people that pick up those ideas aren't always as articulate and sometimes can bring some heat to the discussion that wouldn't normally occur in other formats with a more broad scope of content creators. And so I think just the general temperature in the room of Wild tends to be a little bit higher. 
combined with the lack of relative data on the format, combined with the varied experience of players in the format, there's a lot of ingredients here, along with different perspectives on what the format should be, that lead to conflict. And constantly seeing conflict spilling over might be something that players that engage with, with Hearthstone Twitter regularly are tired of seeing. I'm not going to justify, again, the attacks on, on wild players specifically and saying you should just be happy with your format that you used to have fun with that you don't have fun anymore. But in general, I think the temperature is higher in the format and it's a smaller group. And so that things tend to boil over a little faster. Very, very good points there. I, I just, again, reiterate with all that being said, just attacks on the devs because you feel like they're not doing their job is not okay i think that's like just the big take-home message like you're not gonna get more frequent balance changes by you know leaving messages on ixar's post about his baby right or like adding ixar 300 times with a very specific like that's not how you're gonna get more frequent changes and it kind of just like puts a negative light on kind of the format in general especially one especially if you like the format and one changes that's just like not the way to, to, to go about doing anything um so just be careful uh or mindful uh, of how you're doing all of that is kind of the big thing being nice is good i mean dude hat dropping all the life lessons today on the podcast right <laughs> that that's a complicated one yeah uh, don't be a dick like life lesson number 37 on the state of wild episode 61 from ridiculous hat um one that i live by every day just don't be a dick guys um that being said i think we've been going for a very long time so i think it's time to wrap up the episode i had a lot of fun uh and it was really good getting some outside perspective uh you know about kind of everything that's going on in you know the wild format in kind of regards to the larger Hearthstone community. Uh, so, Hat, thank you again for, for joining us this week. And uh, for those of the people that don't know uh, all of your podcasts, I know you don't have a Twitch, but uh, you are you still make probably more content than, you know, all of us here, except for Raffle, maybe. Raffle does every day the YouTube videos. I still don't know how you do that. But you still make a crap ton of content, so let the people know uh, where they can find you. Well, thank you, uh, and really enjoyed being on here. And I will say that your all perspective was also really helpful. It's nice hearing from people. I mean, I listen to your show, but also it's nice just talking to you all and like seeing where your heads are at. Um, and I do, I do have a Twitch. I stream three days a year. I stream on release day of every expansion every year. I change my card backs every time I don't open a legendary for twenty packs, and I track which one is the most is the most uh, uh, lucky, because. You never know when you'll need that information. As of right now, I think my lifetime leader is Pi. I tend to use a lot of the food-based card backs. Um, so you can find me at twitter.com slash ridiculoushat. Also, if you go to Ridiculous Hat, a very nice listener of mine bought that for a dollar, and that goes to my Twitter. Um, that's the hub of my content, but also I host three Hearthstone podcasts. Coin Concede, a, uh, a podcast dedicated to making the competitive side of the game more accessible to you. That is like... There's some tournament talk, some ladder talk, and we try and do some educational content every week. There's Vicious Syndicate, a data-driven look at the standard metagame. That's where me and Zacho find find answers to the eternal question, how you doing, Hat, as well as take a look at the standard metagame um, from a data perspective. And then the Angry Chicken, we have a much more broad approach there. We talk about Battlegrounds, talk about duels, talk about mercenaries, talk about whatever's going on, uh, whatever we're playing, and just try and uh, reach as many people as we can with Hearthstone news and information that's been around for a long time. How about the rest of you? Where can I listen and watch your great content? Well, I think most people probably know where to find me at this point. We, we talked about a lot of uh, fairly 
downer topics today. So I, I wanted to highlight one thing from uh, from Dane over on Twitter because he had a take about this whole situation that really resonated with me. And he said that, that Wild is a mode exclusively for me to make videos off of and annoy opponents. Once you understand that, you will have the right expectations. So go follow Dane on Twitter at Dane Hearth and um, you know, look for my content to show up in your recommended feed somewhere. Damn, um, I, now, I need to go find someone to sell out. This is uh, <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but no, if you want to find me and find absolutely zero YouTube content, uh, you can find me at Corbett Games on Twitch and Twitter and uh, YouTube when I put out a video once a month or something. Um, but yeah, that's it, Corbett Games, guys, if you want to come hang out. I've got nothing witty to say, man. I, it's been two hours and I'm like completely out. I, I got nothing to... I, I'm going to end this podcast on a very lame note, guys. I'm sorry. But uh, you can find me at Get Me Out, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, all that kind of good stuff. And of course, just a reminder, if you guys want to listen to the podcast on the go, make sure you guys check us out. Stay a while. Just search it in the search bar. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, check us out there. Uh, appreciate all of you guys for listening to the end. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, it was some pretty fun topics, and hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed as well. If you guys have comments on some of the, you know, some of the stuff we talked about, let us know down in the comments below. And uh, with all that being said, uh, we will see you guys again next week. All right? Have a good one.